0: Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Maglite Show, sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. Three, two,
1: one, gentlemen, start your engine.
2: Not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, everyone, welcome back to Monday Night Rowdy Maglox Show. As always, we got Kyle Magnum out there in the dirt land of PA. What's happening, Kyle?
0: Hey, Rowdy. A lot going on here in the dirt world here in Pennsylvania. Uh, got some big races coming up. Uh, we got the Pocono 400, the M&M's Fan Appreciation 400 weekend coming up in two weeks. And you got Loud and First, where I've been before, Rowdy, and then uh, and we go to Pocono. So... Uh, we got two races here in the Northeast, the one in New England, one in Northeastern Pennsylvania. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, I know we got the Truck Series in Middle ohio ARCA as well, and also the, uh, the NASCAR Cup Series and Xfinity Series in Atlanta.
2: What about Parker Kligerman bringing it home there,
0: Kyle? I really like the finish of that race. Uh, Shane Smith, uh, you did race Parker Kligerman hard but clean. Um, that's That's something I respect a lot. Um, could have just booted him right out of the way in the final corners, but he didn't. Uh, gave him a little nudge, but uh, didn't, didn't just upset the truck a little bit, but not enough to do any harm. And uh, Parker Clickerman wins his third-career truck race rowdy. Uh, first time not at Talladega, either. Uh, both his truck wins came at Talladega five years apart, and I think he were there for both of them. So, yeah. uh, you know, one was at Red Horse Racing, and then, of course, with Henderson Motorsports back in 2017. So, uh yeah third win for him. I know uh you know he's won an ArCA in a road course at New Jersey Motorsports Park in twenty sixteen I uh, had the privilege of calling that race uh with Tim Clagg on the ArCA racing radio, so uh that was a cool experience to see you know see Parker in that car. I just won the week before with Maya Snyder at Toledo so uh yeah good good, another good win for Parker Kligerman. I know uh you know I know he's doing the n b c sports gig still and you know jiggling that and still running a, a part time truck schedule uh big win for the Henderson Motorsports.
2: Absolutely, Kyle. Uh, You don't see him in the car and truck very often, but when he does, he has pretty good finishes. But, Kyle, we were lucky enough to uh, be able to get to Parker Kligerman, and let's go ahead and play that while we got it.
3: Okay,
4: let's go ahead and get started. Let's welcome our race winner, Parker Kligerman, driver of the number 75 Food Country USA Tide Chevrolet for Henderson Motorsports. Bagged 50K today, not a bad day. How does it feel?
1: I know. Uh, that part's a bonus. I, just here was, I was here to win a race. So, um, you know, I, I guess I just totally forgot about that until so they said it in victory lane, And I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you, Marcus Limones, Camp World, for making that happen. That's awesome. I mean, that makes this a profitable venture for a weekend, I think. So <laughs> that's pretty awesome for our owners. You know, we do this on a really uh, – a fraction of the budget those teams were up against. But um, it's rewards like that to make it just huge for us. Today, I, I hope the fans enjoyed that race because I was—I—I I, I totally blacked out. I have no idea what happened those last couple of laps. I, I know Zane and I had a hell of a race. He kept it clean the whole time. I think that was a little reciprocity for bumping, you know, to the win at Daytona. But you know, what a cool thing to finally win a road course. It's taken me over a decade after thinking I was going to come in here and mop the floor with these things. Uh, they're not so easy. So that was just an amazing day, and uh, wow, this hasn't sunk in yet.
4: Sounds good. Okay, let's go ahead and open up the questions. We'll start over here, and we'll work our way around.
1: Like I said, we do this on a fraction of these other teams, and it's just a testament that if you put a group of really talented human beings together, it's Im- unbelievable what you can accomplish, and we pick our tracks and races places where we feel I can make a difference, my team, all our talented individuals can make a difference, and that's road courses, you know, some of the short tracks you go to, super speedways, which we've won at before, like, that's how we pick them, because we've got to be smarter, you know, we've got, not even smarter, we just have to be really cerebral about how we go about doing things, because, you know, we're 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 part-time for a reason, we, we don't have the funding to go full-time, so we got to maximize our resources, do the best we can, and we, you know, make sure that places we go, we have all of our ducks in a row, and Um, you know, Chris, the magic starts with Chris Carrier and the Hendersons and the support they give us and all the employees at Food Country USA but um, yeah, I I think it just goes to that's why you see the enthusiasm because we know what it just, a large thing we just accomplished
3: yeah,
1: you know so I, I said it kind of there. Um, my brother's calling me. I'll have to call him back. Uh, I said it there. in picture Lane. but, you know, this is really a second chance. Uh, two years ago, my cup, tea, my cup deal went away. This, you know, the Hendersons called me, said they were shutting down. And for the first time in my life, 29 years old, I basically looked in the mirror and thought, okay, that's it. Like this is over. Everything you've done since you thought you were nine years old, everything you've, you know, dreamt about, thought about, set your life up to do is gone. And so you suddenly kind of look there and think, what's next? Like, what do I do now? And then later that year, I got a call from the Hendersons. who said, actually, we want to go racing again. And, you know, when I got to Pocono in 2020, I stood there in the grid and I just said to myself, like, enjoy every second. Because now you know, like, what it's like without it. You know, it can disappear so quickly. Um, and it just sort of, I don't know if it unleashed something inside of me. It, it, it uh, you know, maybe took away – some of what was holding me back, I don't know, but I feel like I've been driving better than I ever have ever since. And this team has risen up as well, and we've just been building and getting better and better and finding ways to improve. And, um, you know, it's led to this moment of, of dominating a race and being an awesome finish and, and winning. So, um, you know, I say it's a second chance, and it feels that way. Like, I, I feel like uh, someone the other day, my, my manager through the first portion of my career, it was my coach, Bob Perona, he said to me the other day that your second career is way better than your first and I was like, yeah, it just feels that way, doesn't it? And then that was like last week, and now we went out one. So, um, you know, I don't know. Some people, it's funny. Like life, you have people who are really good early on, and then there's late bloomers, and, and maybe I'm a late bloomer. I don't know. Yeah, I, actually, I didn't even think about that. That's cool. You know, I've been here so many times. So, like, this is what's so crazy. I have. I came here in 2013 for the Xfinity race, uh, inaugural race. Ran in the top five the whole time. Got wrecked out of the way at the end. And then every time since I've been here on pit road, pit reporting. So I've pit reported about, I don't know, eight races here, 10 races uh, between IMSA and the Xfinity Series. And I've stood there on pit road. And, like, that's – lo- you know, I've been so lucky to have the job I've had in TV because it's kept me relevant. It's kept me in the sport. I think it's a ma- you know, major reason why I've gotten any of the rides I've gotten um, and been able to, to get in race cars. But there's no doubting that for the last eight years, I've stood on pit road and watched people do things that I know I can do as well or better and have to sit there and not do it, right? And it's like you can see it, you could almost touch it, but you can't do it. And that's been a really, really tough thing. And I'd say, you know, a couple of years ago were some of the toughest times in my life, like when I thought the driving side was gone and I'm doing the TV side and I'm wondering, what am I doing in my life? Like, why? You know, where's this going? um to now, you know, just feel like the driving side is really working. And, you know, the two work together really well, and I feel like I'm forming at a high level in both. And so that's just a really cool mix. Let's go over here to Tucker and then back to Jim. Parker, given that you've made good at the start season and with a truck
0: series in the playoffs, what do you think about the level of depth
1: in the truck series that you came in? one day? Um this series is very competitive because the, the trucks are so similar like you know that that is one of the things i will give nascar a huge credit for which is the you know this series in the last five years has become incredibly cost efficient um and like it starts with the engine deal that happened a couple years ago which basically saved this race team i don't think we'd be here without that deal it changed the whole makeup financially in, in such a large way and then just the way they design the weekends and the way that the rules haven't changed in a major way in probably a decade. Like, you know, the, the information is sort of disseminated through the whole garage. And so, you know, the truck we are in today is an old Turner chassis that was, was Cole Custer's backup road course truck at JRM when he ran trucks. Like that – but it doesn't matter. Like you can put a good body on these things, have the right motor, put the right components on it, and you can go win. Like that is – now a lot of that's Chris Carrier, but a lot of that is possible because of, you know – what they've done with this series financially so you know i was talking to john hunter the other day and he was, he and i were laughing because he was like i feel often sometimes i learn more in this series for the cup series than sometimes in xfinity because there's no equipment discrepancy here like it's so tight like you just like in cup where the, the cars are all almost e- exactly the same now uh you know this is very similar whereas you have more equipment discrepancy in xfinity at times so it's just really tight it's really hard um and you know it's uh, to go up against someone like Zane, who's on a heater this year, and you know has obviously been just strong everywhere. is on his way to Cup. did an awesome job in his Cup debut. Uh, you know it means a lot to to beat him in a strap fight. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, buddy. Thank you, buddy. I think winning fixes everything, right, and I, I would say that's probably been my biggest detriment in the last three or four years, five years of running up front and just not finding a way to win, you know, and um, someone, I, uh, Steve Latarch said to me the other day, you need to go to road courses and dominate if you want to get a ride, <laughs> and I was like, okay, noted, okay, let's go to mid and dominate, like, that, that sounds easy, uh, but, like, You know, I I think what Chase Briscoe said a couple years ago in Xfinity, he had to win nine races to even get the cup. Like, I think that for me, like, I've got to do the remarkable, the impossible because of not being full-time for the last eight years. And I felt like, uh, you know, I've had been so close to an opportunity the last eight years almost every year. Like, so close that – I've had meetings with my bosses on the TV side and said, okay, this is happening. You know, here's what – what do we got to do? Like, you know, are you guys cool with this and blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's been that close. So it's uh, – I've been trying. I I think there's some people out there who don't think I've been trying. I've been trying. I just haven't been moping, you know, in front of the world. I didn't think that was fair. So um, I think winning always is big. I think there's, you know, a lot of effort to try and make the 75 go full-time next year, which would be really easy. To mix in with the TV side and be really cool, and I'd love that opportunity. I think that would be so fun to go race for a truck championship again. Um, but, you know, or if it's another series, one of the other three, it, uh, it becomes harder to see or figure out that mix. But, um, you know, I, I would, I'm 31, and I feel like I know that, you know, thir- the analytics say 39 is peak soccer age, so I got a lot left in me. Um, and, you know, I'd love. I think to, you know, go out there and for what, at least one year just be a race car driver and be able to focus on that. Uh, no, because like it's there's there's so it's so hard to explain when you put so much prior effort, preparation, time, sacrifice, um, you know, People that you support you that believe in you and you know oftentimes look in the mirror and asking yourself if you can get it done like you know there's a lot of internal battles that occur when you go into a competition like this and I think that's pretty similar in business maybe TV whatever but here you get that instant gratification and I don't know like in you know Roger Penske likes to say you know racing is something where you get an earnings report every Sunday like that's the thing you can't find anywhere else and you know I've, I've launched businesses before um, I've done the TV thing, I've hosted TV shows, I've done a lot of different things in a short order, of a short amount of time, um, but it's funny, I was saying this to someone the other day, like, when you're a racer, you, and don't have racing, you're trying to replace it, because it's just in you, and I, I thought for a while, like, towards late 20s, that maybe I could do things outside of racing, and sort of put it to the side for a while, because it just wasn't going well, um, and now I know, like, no matter what I do in life... I'm going to be somewhat here, somehow here in some capacity because this is, uh, you know, racing means the world to me. It's my favorite thing in the world. I love motorsports. I love seeing fans of these racetracks, getting to drive, being here. Um, I just, I love race cars. Thanks.
4: All right, we got a couple. So we'll start right here in the front, second row, and then to Chris.
1: Yeah. I I feel like I passed him clean. So, you know, we did it multiple times in the race. <clears throat> That's how I race. I've never been someone to wreck people to you know knock people out of the way. I've had to raise my aggressiveness level in the co- last couple of years because because the series has become so close, it's taken more aggression and being more aggressive at times and moving people and that sort of thing, but I've never been the one who, you know, as a driver is going to go in there and just knock someone off for, you know, a win. It's just not how I was raised. It's not how I – I worked on all my own stuff when I was in go-karts. I, you know, got my – I would wake my parents up at 6 a.m. and be like, all right, it's time to go to the track. Let's go. And I've, you know, sort of pushed this rock up the hill it, enough to know how much effort goes into building these race cars, into just getting the racetrack. I've done, the, you know, the business side in terms of raising the money and putting the marketing dollars together. And so – the last thing I want to do is just dump someone who's had to do the same thing, right? Um, I want to race you straight up. I want to beat you, and I, I know we can if I'm on, right? I'm, if I'm at my 10 tenths and the team I'm at is 10 tenths, we can win like we did today in a straight-up fight. And that was cool. Like the fans got a cooler show because we did that, right? And that's what we're here for. It's a show. Like this is uh, – we don't sell tickets to go run in single file. We, get, we sell tickets to go bang doors and, you know, come out the other side hopefully – uh was something that we can both say that was fun, right? And today we did that. Yep. Thanks. Hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh I think I'm naturally energetic. I think I would have had the same thought process. I think t- what TV has done for me, um, and it goes back to the mindset, is like, I just see the bigger picture of this sport in a lot of ways. I didn't see when I was 21, 22 years old. Um, you know, I, I was so single, like singular focused and, you know, blinders on when I was younger, and you, sometimes you, like, if you look back, you'd want to shake that person and be like, wake up, you idiot, what are you doing? But um, I, I, TV helped me see that bigger picture. So, like, I know, you know, from the production truck side and from the pit reporter side like sort of what they're looking for obviously and you know you can play that a little bit we're entertainers we should be um you know race car drivers take things really seriously sometimes too seriously but at the end of the day we uh like look we're here to sell tickets we're here to get eyeballs on tv and um you know if you can if you have that emotion let it out if you're you know if you want to tell the world you know, that how excited you are, don't hold it back. Like There's nothing wrong with that. And I think we're seeing a lot of that, right? We're seeing it in so many sports. We're seeing that with social media. You know, people are uh, being more human. And that's only a good thing. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it.
4: Go ahead, Chris. Well,
1: I, I thought about it the whole time. So he was racing me cleanly the whole race and, you know, right on my bumper. And, like, when we got to the end of Stage 2, I sort of let him have it because we were just I, – I was killing my brakes trying to stay ahead of him. Um, but, you know, we just raced each other super clean, and I think a lot of that was because of that, right? I think it was on both our minds. Like, hey, you know, I i pushed you to this that win that, you know, started off the season at one of the biggest races of the year. Pays the most to that race. I'm like, maybe this one pays more with the 50K bonus. I don't know. But uh, that one pays a lot. So uh, I get paid by prize money, so, you know, it means a lot to me when we finish this front. <laughs> um, but – I, uh, yeah, I think, you know, just as racers, we don't forget, like, I know people say that often about the bad side of, like, when you've been wrong, but you also remember when you've had something go your favor or someone's treated you right, and th- even at, you know, driving as hard as we are in, in the closing laps, like, that's going to enter your brain, you've got the mental capacity, he's a hell of a talent, straight, you know, on the fast track to cup, he's going to be in cup for a very long time, and, you know, I, I think he absolutely, you know, has that ability to think about that because that's why he's in the position he is, right? That's why he's a winner. That's why he's, you know, in command of the series and going to go, you know, give it a championship fight because he's got that, you know, mental capacity to be thinking about things from Daytona and still be battling for a win at mid-Ohio on a road course. So um that doesn't surprise me at all. I think, uh you know, IRP was a little bit up in the air, so I don't know if this this might change that, <laughs> but – um We'll see. I, uh, we got to be wise. We've got to be smart about that. We, we're pushing, you know, Don Henderson, Charlie Henderson, Chris Carrier, everyone on this team. We are pushing really hard just to sort of see if there's a possibility of being full-time next year. And they want it so badly. I've wanted to do it. We've wanted it for the last couple of years. And so this just, this just continues to push, you know, create that momentum. Our partners, the partners are talking to you, everyone out there to be like, all right, maybe we should make this happen and, and see if we can put it all together. So we definitely have Bristol, the biggest race of the year for, for uh, Food Country USA. Uh, it's a Super Bowl for the Hendersons and them. Uh, you know, our shop's in Abington, Virginia, just 20 minutes from there. Uh, Talladega, Miami, maybe that's it, unless we do IRP. So, yeah, thanks.
4: Any more questions? Taylor,
1: So it's funny. Um, one of the things I've been doing in the last couple months is people look at our part-time schedule as like a detriment. I've been trying to turn it into a positive where I start working on the next race weeks ahead of time where I'll get on iRacing and I'll literally just run an hour after working out, do an hour at that track, try different things, do an hour the next day, do an hour three days later, do an hour of the Monday leading up. Twi- you know, And like it's like we, you know, manuf- all the other guys get to use manufacturer sims. And they'll do it like the Tuesday building up. I'm building it out like two weeks ahead of time. And iRacing is amazing and helped me do that. And, like, I literally came up to my owner yes, or this morning and said, man, it's so cool my preparation is working. I went and just ran laps at Mid-Ohio. I went and ran a race on iRacing at Mid-Ohio and, and dominated that, led by, like, 45 seconds, which was crazy. Um, and I was just like – then I showed up and practiced. It was immediately up to speed. And it's like everywhere we've been doing that, and I've been doing that preparation – um, it's been that way, and Steve Myers and all those guys. I'm big, you know, great friends of all the racing folk. Uh, I love that service. I think it's the most incredible thing that's been created uh, for motorsports in a long time, and it has so much more to offer the world as they expand it. They go to you know the console stuff that's hopefully coming. I just think there's uh, they, there's no sport in the world that you can experience so closely to what we do like you can on iRacing and, and Sim Racing. So, uh, you know, it's been big for me and I love that community and I just, I look forward to seeing it continue to grow. All right. Any
2: more questions? You know, Kyle, we hear that out of all the drivers, how close the similarity to the track is when they're Sim Racing. And, you know, hey, it's got to be at a, at a, a big two to know, to get to know the track. And know what to expect when you're going around it,
0: uh yeah rowdy, uh like like he said, very race very clean with Zane Smith. uh rowdy, first of all, I think Zane Smith is now the championship favorite in the truck series. Uh, I'm a firm believer in that, uh, I think John Hunter is probably second, uh that's kind of where I'm thinking that you know there's already been eight spots clinched, rowdy for the truck playoffs, there's still two left uh Right now, Grant and Enfinger and Matt Crafton hold the two spots. Uh, looking on the outside is Matt DiBenedetto, Tyler Ankrum, and a few other drivers. Tanner Gray is another. So uh, that Pocono race, that regular season finale race coming up, going to be a big one on Fox. Uh, starting with NASCAR race day, 11:30 Eastern on Saturday, July 23rd, and then following with the CRC Breakley 150, uh, noon Eastern on your local Fox affiliate. So uh, really looking forward to that one, Rowdy nine's last NASCAR start, 58 years old. Um, finished 10th at Darlington this year. Um, A lot of stories we're going to cover from that race, and uh, popular for Parker Klugerman at Mid-Ohio. Really good win for that team. Um, It's their second win. Uh, They have speed. You know, they won Talladega 2017, and now they win Mid-Ohio. Dominated the race, Rowdy. I mean, he ran up front most of the day uh, with Zane Smith. Zane Smith had to start 13th, but uh, Zane was fast in practice, so there was really no surprise there, and I think Zane is going to be a fa- another another uh, favorite at Pocono, along with Ryan Priest, so, who won Nashville. Um, well, so, Kyle, there's a lot, Kyle, lot of stories in there. Yeah. and We talked about it earlier.
2: You know, I've seen Zane on his first ARCA race, seen his, his wins. Uh, but Zane has really matured a lot. I got the first cup start at Gateway, come home with all his equipment. And then to watch him race uh, Parker this weekend for – First place, you know. Hey, the best truck won and driver, but Zane could have made that situation a lot worse and took him out and been the winner. And that that's not the way. If you go to running cup, the cup guys have got to trust you, Kyle. You know that if you if you pass, you're gonna be
0: able to pass
2: without a bump and run.
0: Ironically, they were both in the same cup racing gateway, so I uh, thought that was kind of interesting as well. Um, the same two guys that did run that race. I'm um, running in the truck race in mid Ohio, but, uh, yeah, Rowdy, like you said, um, just Dane Smith really impressing this year. in that part Run Motorsports board, you're at Daytona to see him win, uh, won again at Kansas. I, I think he won somewhere else. And then he won, um, I think he won another race, Rowdy. I, I can't think of it right now, but, um, I don't know if you remember, I think he has three wins this year. Coda. That's the one I was missing, Rowdy. When, yeah, Coda. The, the three-wide move on, move on Kyle Busch uh, when Zane went from fourth to first in a corner. So, uh, yeah, I've uh, been really strong this year. I, like I said, Rowdy, I still think they're the championship favorites. Um, they've been looking good. You know, he's trying to. He's also trying to win the regular season title. I think he's he's leading the points right now in that category. So, another another big thing. You know, ten bonus points uh, that that go nicely toward the playoffs in each round. And uh, you know, then then they have the opener at Lucas Oil Raceway. That'll be another good one too. So uh, the yep. trucks returning there for the first time in 11 years. Um, that'll be a good one, uh, along with the Arkham Art series, doubleheader. So uh, that's going to be another one you're going to want to keep your eye on, especially with the playoff opener. So, Rowdy, we get to cover the uh, the last regular season truck race on Fox. Uh, this is going to be the third time it's been televised on Fox, the other two times in 2017, one by Christopher Bell in 2019, one by Ross Chastain. So, uh, Rowdy, uh, you know, busy weekend over the weekend, Atlanta as well uh, with the Cup and Xfinity series. Uh, and we have some Austin more Hill. audio too. Yeah, I know. We right, a home win and Rowdy. He almost won that race. You went to in the spring. He was leading late, and then he lost the lead. Uh, a hometown win for Austin Hill, and I know. Uh, you know, I heard a little bit of his audio. Uh, we were listening to it earlier. Um, some of his audio running the the quarter mile dirt or uh, Legends Track at Atlanta Motor Speedway. You know, being from Georgia, so that was a pretty big win for him.
2: Well, Kyle, you know, I see all these young kids in Legends and, and band, starting in Bandoleros and moving into Legends at, at Atlanta Speedway. We've been watching it quite a while. And for Austin Hill to, to have devel- developed out of that situation there and winning the Xfinity at Atlanta and probably going to win some cup races there when he gets on up there. That, that was incredible just to hear. You know it was a heck of a night in Georgia, probably down in the, what they call the peach pit on Saturday night the, with Austin Austin's
0: old pole room too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, it's pretty much a Georgia sweep there for uh hometown boys in Georgia. Kyle, let's, let's, uh, I say, let's listen to, uh, Austin.
0: Also second win this year as well. It, it is Kyle.
2: Uh, Kyle, are you are are you on the board? Yes, I'm on the board. Can you hit that button cuz I don't see it on my mind. Okay.
5: Okay, we're now joined by uh today's winner of the race and that is a uh, hometown hero, Austin Hill, Austin Maybe just start off with that and talk about when you get your uh, your home track. Congratulations! Oh
6: man, I don't even know where to start. Just I grew up racing here when I was you know seven, eight, nine years old, something like that. Raced it on the the quarter mile track, uh, Bandoliers and Legend cars, and have a lot of laps around that place and a lot of wins and a lot of memories. And to finally win on the big track means a lot. It, it seems like it's it's owed me one um the last three races here uh earlier in the spring I ran second and then the last two years prior to that on the on the truck side I ran second as well so I felt like Atlanta Atlanta uh Motor Speedway uh, owed me a, a win and to finally get it done means a lot our Bennett Chevrolet Camaro was was the fastest internet the internet today that's for sure it was uh On rails, I mean, that's probably one of the best cars I've ever had. I'd I'd definitely say it was probably a little bit better than the car I had at at Daytona 101. Um, Just the things that I could do with that car and, you know, the lines that I could run and, um, you know, just controlling the the front. And whenever I wanted to get to the lead, I felt like I could. So, um, you know, there, I think right before that last caution, my spotter, Derek, he came over the radio and he was like, if you can get the lead, I'd like to see you get the lead and just control the race. I don't like us being in second here. Um, I think I think we're better off controlling the race. And I want to say, two laps later, I got a big run on the 18, I believe it was, coming off the turn two, side drafted him, pulled off of him, and cleared him, getting into three. And um, we just kind of set sail from there. We were just able to control the lane and the runs that were coming. We were able to, you know, not get too far out. You know, there's guys that every time that they get in the lead they get really far out and the next thing you know they get ran over and passed. and I, I was my spotter and I was doing a really good job just controlling the lines and doing all that but um, to win at Atlanta um, you know a place that I grew up racing and I grew up an hour down the road from here um, I can't even really put into words what it means to me it, it's so special it's it's definitely top top of the list of, of wins for me uh, as of right now and uh, something that I'll remember for the rest of my career
5: that's great. Um, if you have a question for Austin, raise your hand. I'll start off here with Jeff and then move around the room.
4: Jeff Hood of Racing today. Congratulations, Austin, on the win. Two, two questions. One is you mentioned your spotter talked to you. I know there was some radio issues. What what issues specifically were there? And the other question is um, I think you're from near Villarica, Winston. Do you actually still live there, and do you think there will be a big party tonight to celebrate this win?
6: Uh, so first question with the radio communication. Right when we were about to pull off pit road, I try to key up because we always, you know, key up, make sure everybody can hear everybody, and nobody could hear me. So we were thinking it was my helmet. So we switch out my helmet to one of my backup helmets, put it in. They can hear me just fine. Well, right when I put it in, well, I pull off pit road, go down the back stretch. As soon as I go down the back stretch, they were like, "Hey, let's key up again, just make sure you can still hear us." or that we can still hear you, rather, and they couldn't hear me. And I tried a lot of different things. I tried to go to our second radio. I tried to go to our second channel. I tried recycling the engine and and turning the master switch off and back on. Um, Tried messing with the wires inside, but nothing was working. But I could hear the spotter, and I could hear our crew chief, Andy Street, just fine, no issues. So we devised a plan before the start of the race that if we were loose, We would put my hand on the bottom of of the door on the outside if I was loose. And if I was tight, we'd put it, like, up on the roof or A-post area. And luckily enough, our our car was so good that first part of the run, I was loose. So after the first stage, I put my hand down. Um, Andy told me the the call he was going to make and and the adjustments he was going to make. And he was like, hey, if if you want that adjustment, tap on the, the thing. And I tapped on it. We made that adjustment, came in, took tires and all that, and the rest of the race we didn't need any adjustments. So there was, there was times throughout the race I wanted to key up and say a few words to, to Derek or whatever, like things I was seeing or uh, stuff that was happening on the track, but I couldn't. So um, so I don't know. It might be a new thing. We might just unplug the radio to where I can't talk. I'll just use the hand signals to loosen and tighten up the car, and we'll just go that route. But, uh, but yeah, so your second question I grew up in Douglasville, Villarica area, Winston area, um, right in the heart of that. Uh, You know, went to school there and, and all, and when I turned 18, I ended up moving up to North Carolina, and that's where I reside now, is up in North Carolina. I'm about 45 minutes from Charlotte area, and been there just chasing the, the dream of, of being a race car driver and, and making it up to the highest level, and uh, to be in the Xfinity Series with RCR has been very special. Um, they're they're like family to me i mean they're they're my people it's simple as that we we have the same values we have the same you know the things that we do outside of the racetrack with hunting and fishing and all that stuff we, we have all the same values so um it's so much fun racing these guys i have a blast and i feel like rcr's is, is like the perfect fit for me so it's been it's been so much fun but uh yeah, I think a party's going to go on tonight. Uh, I was actually contemplating driving home tonight because I drove down here. I was contemplating driving home before the race just to get back and be able to relax at home on Sunday before we got to get back to work on Monday. Uh, but I think I'll probably stay the night here
5: and, and have a good time. Go up here and then to Bob.
7: Hi, Joe Noon Noonan, Times Herald. When was the last time you won here? And when you won, when and last time you won here, did you think you'd be? Back here celebrating as an Xfinity Series winner? Uh,
6: It's been a long time since I've won here. I want to say it was probably back when I was, I don't know, 16, 17, something like that. Uh, I was racing legend legend cars on the quarter mile, and I had stopped for a little while racing them, and then I kind of got the itch to to run a few more races. So I think when I was 16 or so, I came out here and I ran a few races out here. So that was the last time I had had ran on the quarter mile and, and won. And then once I got up to the truck level and now the Xfinity level, um, my dream was to, to win at Atlanta Motor Speedway and thought it was going to happen sooner. There was, like I said, there was times I finished I finished second three times in a row before finally getting the win here today. Didn't think it would happen, you know, when, with the repave and all that. I thought it would happen when we had the old configuration with a wore-out surface because I felt like I got around this place pretty well. Um, but... I don't know, something about this style racing just fits me. Um, just things that I've learned about it has, has just kind of been something that's kind of natural for me. But um, no, I, I don't. I, I never imagined winning here in the Xfinity level. I, did, I didn't imagine ever racing in the Xfinity level. I was just happy to be in the truck level, to, to be honest with you. So to, to be on the Xfinity level, I'm very humbled about it. Uh, very, very excited for what's to come with RCR the rest of the season.
5: Go to Bob, and then we'll go back there. Uh, Bob
4: Parkhurst, Fox Sports. Um, any idea why it didn't seem like they could get a very good run on you the last
6: ten laps? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound like cocky or anything, but there was things I was doing inside the race car that was trying to, trying to keep them from being able to get too close to me. Uh, granted, our, our car, our Bennett Chevy Camaro that RCR brought to the racetrack was super fast. I mean, it was so fast. It was incredible today, the things that I could do with our with our Chevy Camaro. But um, there was just things that I was doing. Uh, Derek Nealon, my spotter, was painting the picture very well for me out back, how far out I was getting. You know, if I was getting a car length or car length and a half uh, out, uh, we didn't really want to get much more than that. And I felt like those things I was doing inside the car on entry to the corner, center, exit, things like that, that was keeping... The guy's behind me at bay, and I think that's what kind of helped a lot of the situation. Um, I don't know what the 8 was really necessarily doing out back. I don't know if he ever drug back enough to the 18. That could have been something that helped me. The 8 might not have been able to get hooked up with the 18 good enough and locked on, and that might have been why they, they didn't ever get the runs that, that they probably should have gotten. But um, either way, I mean, I just I felt like Derek and I did a really good job of just controlling the race, not getting too far out. You see guys all the time, they take the lead, and then they get two or three car lengths out, and then they get ran over the next lap. So that was something that we've really worked on a lot, um, even after Daytona. I felt like at times I was getting too far out at Daytona back when we won, and I really went to work on, work on that, just trying to keep that gap at bay and, and not get too, too far out.
0: Go here. Hey, I'll Doug Turnbull for PRN and for WSB Radio. I, I think a lot of us watching were a little bit surprised compared to the two-wide racing there was in March that it got single file and kind of spread out into groups. Were you as a driver surprised, or did you expect it because of the
5: temperatures?
6: I didn't know what to expect. I did expect handling to become an issue this weekend more than it did earlier in the year uh, with the hotter temperatures and it being in the daytime and it being just slick, uh, like I said, when I fired off, I was really loose. Those was a few times I went off in the corner, and I felt like I was sideways. It probably didn't look like it on TV, but it sure as heck felt like it inside the race car. And I was really loose to start the race, and it was really hard to run the bottom because anybody that would get kind of tight on your door, it would just kind of suck you around, and you'd get like have a big moment in the center of the corner. So I think that's a lot to do with it. I just think that the... There were some guys that probably their their car wasn't handling good enough. They probably couldn't even stay wide open and flat out. But, uh, you know, the guys that were really good could stay wide open and still have their car trimmed out and uh, create speed.
5: Any further questions for Austin?
6: Go here.
4: Yeah, going back to the um, your experience in Legends cars, um, there have been so many guys that have come through this program, Joey Logano, David Reagan, Reed Sorensen, Chase Elliott. Uh, what do you think it is about the Legends program that
2: so many guys have come through and, and made it in NASCAR?
6: Um, well, I know I know the Legends program has changed a little bit nowadays, but back when I was running, I don't I don't know how the cars are nowadays, but I know back when I was running, they were probably one of the hardest cars to drive. You just had to be so aggressive with the car. You had to manhandle it and drive the ever-living crap out of those cars every lap. And setup mattered, but it didn't matter a whole lot. It mattered about the driver and what you could do with that Legend car. And that's just something that I took a huge liking to. I just love Legend racing. Still to this day, Legend cars are probably my my favorite thing to race. And... Uh, you know, if I went back and I ran some legend races, it'd be it'd be so much fun just because I had so much fun racing those cars because you can just, like I said, you just manhandle them and, and drive them for all there's worth. And the guys that are really good in a legend car, I feel like they're really good at any other type of racing that they do.
5: Any final questions for Austin? Either in the media center or the press box? All right. Well, Austin, congratulations. Big win. Thank you for the time. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
8: All
2: right, Kyle. uh, Looks like uh, his girls were waiting on him there. Victory lane. Austin Hill, he looked good at Daytona and bring it to a a mini, I guess what you call a mini super speedway in in Atlanta now. Must be good on the fast track. I guess that's
0: accurate, Rowdy. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) A mini Talladega, Daytona super speedway.
0: So, Kyle... So, Rowdy, how about your thoughts on the cup race? You
2: know, I, I, the, the new car just keeps on amazing. It's, it's It amazes me. Uh, Ross Chastain's not making friends. I know we weren't going to talk about it, and we're not. We're just moving on. But uh, I, I like the car, Kyle. I've seen a lot of good racing. I mean, you get to see... Uh, People that you don't ordinarily see in 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 Victory Lane, of course, Chase is in there. But just because he shows up, it's not an automatic win, nor Kyle either, uh, Kyle. You know. But I kind of think Larson is kind of just laying back. I I believe he's he's one of those guys that hadn't peaked yet, and he's going to peak at the right time, Kyle.
0: I think the next two races are good races for Kyle Larson. Uh, I think, you know, he's running good at Loudon before, second at Denny Hamlin in 2017. Uh, Larson was on his way to his fourth consecutive cup win last year at Pocono in the first race until a tire went down and turned three on the last corner. So um, I think those are two big ones you're going to have to circle. And don't forget the Indy Road of course. Ran well in that race as well last year. So um, five teams have been running good. Um, I think the nine teams are really good right now. Um, three wins on the season, a popular Atlanta win. Uh, Corey LaJoy, again, he had a good run going, um, had a shot at the win until the end. And, uh, yeah, Hendrick Motorsports still shining right now. Uh, William Byron with two wins so far this year. Every, everybody in Hendrick has won already. So, uh, yeah, Chase Elliott leading the points. Uh, definitely helped with the, uh, the, the I think, with lining up the, the starting lineup as well. So, um, yeah, good good weekend for them. I know, uh, you know, we got to, you know, have to interview Rick Hendrick and Jeff Gordon in the media center as well. All right. Here we go over there, Kyle.
5: Chase winning team, that is uh, owner of Hendrick Motorsports, Rick Hendrick, and the vice chairman of Hendrick Motorsports, Jeff Gordon. Uh, gentlemen, um, take each take uh, take this one. Obviously, huge win for Chase personally with the with this being uh, his home track. But uh, it really seems now that potentially after a lot of parity, Chase may be the championship favorite. What do you think about this win and his prospects as we head to the playoffs in uh, what seven races?
4: Well, it's uh, he's on a roll. We uh, awful close last week, and you know, then bringing this one home. So, you know, we're excited. I think they've they've gained a lot of momentum, and they had some some rough luck, and uh, now it looks like they are really poised to move on. So, we just got to keep it going. This is a a tough, tough business. These cars are so close, and uh, anything can happen. A pit stop, and you're you're in a big jam. So, but. I know it means a lot to him to win at this track to him and his family, and so this was a great day.
9: I would just add I mean, I just saw a look in his eye today all day um, when when we saw him this morning, you could just hear in his voice over the radio. he's very just focused and determined and and you know you get there from already having a couple wins under your belt, um the team starting to gel, leading the points, coming to your home track, um, you know sponsors like Napa hometown for them, Hooters, and so, um, you know, this was, uh, I I think, just a lot of motivation behind it, and and confidence coming into it, and now I think the confidence is only going to build among him and the team, so that's a great combination to have at this point in the season. Okay, if you have questions
5: for uh, Mr. Hendrick or Jeff, raise your hand, we'll get your mic, we'll start uh, at the end here, and then go to Mark.
7: Dom Joseph, Griffin Daily News, uh, for Rick and Jeff. 25 years ago Jeff won his second Winston Cup here at this track and here we are today. Chase already has a uh, NASCAR Cup and gets his first win at home. Just talk about how Hendrick is still one of the most if not the most dominant team in NASCAR today.
4: Well you know it's all about the people and if you go back and look at Victory Lane this guy picked me up so I thought it was pretty pretty impressive that he could do that. Uh, You know it's, it's all about the people and you know we've got young people we have people that have been there a long time guys like Jeff that won championships and uh, helped build the organization and I think we just keep that competitive spirit and uh, you know we want to be there every year we, we know we can't win all the races and can't win all the championships but if you keep the, the core together uh, I think you're gonna at least be there every year to participate and I'm really proud of our guys this is the best all four cars have ever crew chiefs have ever worked together, uh, so it's it's a I think it's going to be a great year for us. I hope uh, we can keep the momentum going in the chase.
9: Yeah, I, I just think it starts with the foundation, and and I, I think of the first day that I came to Hendrick Motorsports and the foundation that Rick had already built there. I mean they 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 had great you know people and engineering and race cars and drivers and and you know it was just all about putting it all together at the right time uh, like we did in 95 and it just seems like since 1995 uh, you know this organization has just been on an incredible roll of realizing what they're capable of and just building on that and so you know the foundation is still incredibly strong it's a little bit deeper now too because of uh, all the the years of of success but I think Rick nailed it we've got I think the, the, the best group of drivers, crew chiefs Engineering staff, just just depth throughout the organization. Um, You know, it's the best that I've ever seen, and the communication on top of that. So the way they're sharing information, and and listen, we came into this year with so many unknowns, coming off of a dominant year with building our own cars, and and you know, understanding what it took to have that kind of success, and we just had no idea what that was. You know, what what those ingredients were going to be with this type of a car, and and the nice thing is. It's still all about the people and the foundation.
4: Go to Mark. Mark Garrow, Pierre, and sort of following up on that, guys, just want to know what the number 287 means. That's how many career wins now for that, Team Hendrick. That means I'm an old man. <laughs> no, it's You know, we 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 put all the wins on the wall, and, uh, you know, it's we've been doing this a long time. And I remember when he was, like, 20, and now he's 51. Next month. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but you know it, I think it's just the pride and uh, you know I never thought we'd get to 150 and then I didn't think we'd be able to uh, catch Richard's record and uh, now it looks like we might be able to get to 300 here one of these days so uh, but it's a heck of a heck of a feat to get wins like that in the in this series.
5: Any other questions for Mr. Hager? Jeff, let's go to Nate. I'm sorry, Christian. Yeah, go to Nate over here, then we'll
0: go to Christian and then Matt. Uh, Nate, Ryan, NBC Sports. i got a couple. Uh, first would be for either of you. Uh, Chase's performance today, I mean, it seemed like he, maybe he had the best car, but it seemed like he was making the best moves, particularly in the last three
5: laps, just how you would evaluate him as a super speedway racer.
9: Well, I, I, again, I go back to just the, the the focus that I saw on him before the race and just listening to him on the radio. Got to give a lot of credit to, Uh, you know, Eddie DeHunt, his spotter, too, giving them a lot of great information. Those two guys just really in sync. Uh, Great calls also, um, you know, in the pits to to try to get the best tires, you know, manage the fuel mileage as well as track position, which was obviously very important. But I think it was pretty obvious early on, you know, when when he could get up into those first couple rows, he had a, a, a car that if he made the right decisions and moves, he could he could get the, the, to the lead and, and kind of control the race so clearly he had a lot of confidence in, in his car and in you know in his abilities today but I mean it's always a team effort I know we say that all the time but um, I, I, I you know even in Victor Lane I I looked at him and, and you know said some things to him that you don't always say and it's just because he, he to me gave me that feeling all of us on the team that feeling even even on the box when it was all over Alan Gustafson was immediately just going, how about that guy today? How about that guy today? So they they clearly give a lot of credit to the job that, that Chase did today. He's an amazing super speedway racer. Yeah. Um, but I, I think here what I like about this track is that you've got a little bit of combination of super speedway and handling. And, and, and so I, I think it almost even plays a little bit better into somebody like Chase Elliott's hands in the way he, he likes shirts, but he's clearly all good on at Talladega and Daytona as well.
4: He's a smart driver, yeah. really smart. He knows when to make the move. He doesn't, you know, sometimes you're thinking, hey, it's, I think it's time to go, and he'll sit there, and then when he sees it it's the right time, he makes it. Very seldom does he make a
9: mistake. And didn't panic when when he did lose the lead there. You know, those were intense restarts. I mean, I I know how we were feeling it up on the box. I can only imagine what it's like inside the car, but he stayed so calm during those situations to get himself back to the lead. And then,
5: Rick, I think after Williams' win here in March, you said you could probably six is the limit in terms
0: of how many super speedway-style races. So this might be a question for Jeff, too, since I know you deal with the Bills now, too. You, you, You get the win from Chase, but you lose the 24 and the 48 and the fives involved in the crash how do you look at a like that? You know,
4: it's uh, it's always bittersweet when you have cars that are all running really well and you you come away with with uh, one, but only one can win, and uh, you know they'll have their turn. I, it's look, it's when you look up and you see one of your cars backwards or in a wreck, destroyed. You feel for those guys because William had a fast car and he just has had the rottenest luck he and Alex both and so it's actually Kyle too but you know if we come with speed you know we're going to win a few it, it's it is really tough when you see cars go out of the race but you know winning is what we're here for so we celebrate with Chase and uh, we know the guys had speed and we'll, we'll go to the next race
7: Christian Matt Dustin uh, Christian Coley, kickingthetires.net. Uh, this is kind of a question for both you, kind of branching off that one. Uh, kind of speaking on the success of all three, te- all four teams this year. You know, how has Chase Elliott's last few wins kind of reignited the fire that kind of got burnt out there for a little bit after Byron kind of just kind of fell off and, and just everything? How and how is the organization as a whole going to just team up and work towards making one goal as a championship?
4: Well. The crew chiefs are working together better than I've ever seen them before. And the drivers sharing information in the meetings, uh, going to, get, you know, doing a race on rain out, they go together and come up with a plan. And they're going to race all the way to the end that way. It did last year with Chase and Kyle. And one of them, you know, when you can take two to the final four, then you've had a really good year. And you know one of them is – Got a good shot to win. So, our job is just to give them the best equipment, and and they they know that when you get in the chase, don't quit doing what you what's gotten you here. That's sharing, working together, and uh, as long as we do that, I think we'll have a great opportunity to end up in Phoenix. Matt,
6: Matt Weaver Racing America. Um, I know you guys are focused on the win in this moment, but I wanted to ask about Corey, too, because Corey reached out during his free agency about a potential ride. What do you guys think of him as a racer, even in kind of gracious defeat today? He had nothing bad to say about Chase and said, you know, we're just – wins are so important and, you know, we all had to go for it. So what do you guys think of
9: I mean, I, I like Corey's attitude and I, li- I like his drive. I mean, he's got a lot of passion, and, and he showed that today. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, with the way it ended up, for, for him, But I, I, I thought, you know, he and the, the team in the car showed, showed a lot today. And, um, you know, you, you want a guy like that who has the pedigree that he has, has the passion that, that he has and the work ethic to, to get the opportunity that, that you know, he's, he's searching for. But I think today will certainly go a long way. And, you know, we've got a great relationship with Spire. And so uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun watching them racing hard but also working together. There at the end, I, I kind of wish it could have been a one-two uh, instead of uh, the way it way it ended up. But you know, he's um, he's a guy that that's been around the sport a long time, and, and knows the ebbs and the flows. And uh, I think his performance today is going to do more for him than than you know, maybe what the result will show. Yeah, compared to Dustin, and then over here.
3: Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Uh, let me just ask Rick just about that, just following up on what Matt's question was. Look, Rick, um, you've talked about it's about people in the sport and relationships. Obviously, you've had a relationship with, with, with Corey's dad and, and, and maybe a little bit with Corey. But, again, I know the bottom line is it's about winning for your organization. But to see Corey up there, what was it like to, for you to see that from a personal standpoint? Well, it was,
4: it, I, was, I was proud. I was excited. And if we couldn't win, I really wanted him to win. Uh, we do the motors for him. we share a lot of things with them, and he's a great guy, and I think a whole lot of you know Dickerson and those guys and uh you know I, that was a Cinderella story and I would have loved this if if we couldn't win i I wanted him to win because they he he drove a heck of a race and uh did a heck of a job. He looked as good as anybody in this field out there today
3: and and jeff um Look, this season's all been about unpredictability and ups and downs. And for as strong as your organization is, the nine team seems to have had maybe more consistency than just about any other team out there this year. What is it that you see or what, is it, what are some of the things that they're doing well or going well for them that they're kind of not having this up and down that even some of the top teams have from week to week with this new car and limited practice and everything else?
9: Yeah, you know, as you guys are saying that, it makes me think back to earlier in the year when they were very consistent, but not went getting the wins, and everybody's putting the focus on the guys, you know, like Byron and others that were getting the wins, and, and it was, well, where are the wins for, for the nine team, and now all of a sudden the wins are coming. But the consistency's kind of been there, you know, from, from the beginning for them, uh, and, and now I think they're they they they're on you know, uh, more of a role as far as figuring out how to get their car in position at the end of these races to get the wins and and you know everything's got to come together the pit stops there everything so you're constantly working on that but um, you got to think of, 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 of you know Allen the uh, years that he and Chase have been together the team in general just not a lot of turnover within that team so that they're a very solid group they showed it you know two years ago when they won the championship showed it again last year going all the way the to the final four and battling for the championship in position really you know, that thing, you know, that race could have gone any which way at, at Phoenix there in the closing laps. I think they're just, you know, following up the consistency that they just have as a group who works together and I think is showing up uh, on the racetrack. Go here.
7: Hi, Joe Adjie, Noonan time Her- Times-Herald, and this question is for, uh, for Jeff. You won a number of times at your home track. This is the first time that Chase has won a cup race at, ho- at his home track. I was wondering if you could talk about the psychological advantage behind winning at your home track compared to other tracks.
9: Well, I mean, he has a great fan following everywhere he goes, but um, you know, here there's no doubt it, it, it's it's something special to him. And, and you know, he's he's a hometown kind of guy. I mean, you say my home track, that was my adopted track, right? Which, uh, if you're talking about Indianapolis, and I had every, everybody tells me, you well, know, you have multiple home tracks. Which one was it? He's got one, you know, and and it's here in Georgia. He's a Georgia guy through and through from the sports teams to living here, you know, his family legacy. And so I know this one meant a lot because he's been close a couple other times, and I've seen the hurt when it it didn't come through of what it meant to him um, to not get it done. So I know today you could just see, you know, the way he interacted with the fans because he knew how much this one meant to him as well as to his fans. Any further questions for uh, Jeff or Mr.
5: H? All right, Kyle. Uh,
2: Jeff Gordon, being Jeff Gordon, looks like, you know, Rick's pretty much handing everyday operations over to Jeff now. Kyle? I
0: think you're right, Rowdy. I think that's what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, they've had a lot of success, and I only expect it to continue over there at Hendrick Motorsports.
2: wrong headset uh, on there sorry uh kyle get to see jeff's more involved i mean there's been times in the last seasons that you never seen jeff gordon but his presence now is pretty much every track i've been to he's there
0: yeah jeff's been involved a lot lately rowdy i've noticed that and uh You know it's crazy. um, Now that it's now to this point, you know it's you know Jeff Gordon maybe getting you know up even higher at Hendrick Motorsports. So um, I think it's helped having him over there. Um, You know same thing like with Chad Canales, his position as well. Um, Good to have him there. And I know I I heard about a little bit about the Le Mans Mans ride for next year. Um, I heard a little bit of that as well. So uh, a lot in the news. Um, You know Hendrick Motorsports, their domination continues in the Cup Series and. I think it's only going to continue, Rowdy. I mean, they've been really strong this year. It doesn't matter where you've been, if it's a road course, short track, super speedway, they're just up there and up front and contending.
2: Kyle, every week. I mean, really, it it's got back because they 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 know the secrets and they know what they're they're a. I mean, it's a professional championship team. They they can adapt quickly to their situation and and they have.
0: It's just good, Rowdy. Um, you, know, nine, you know, Chase Elliott has three wins on the year. Uh, Larson still has a win. But, you know, I, I, like I said earlier, that five-team, the nine-team, you expect them to be up front every week. Uh, you know, maybe Alex Bowman up front and also William Byron. So they've all won this year. Uh, they've been strong as, a, as an organization the last couple of years. they won the last two cup championships. So, um, you know, even, even when, I, you know, when I went to Homestead in 2016 with Jimmy Johnson, I mean, you know, they just – Bided their time, and when the time was right, they were in the right spot at the right time, and they won to have the championship. So um, a lot of memories for Hendrick Motorsports, you know, winning titles. And, you know, uh, right now I, I think, you know, I think it's, it's, it's okay to say maybe Chase Elliott is one of the favorites to win the championship. Um, I think the five team is going to be up there as well. Um, I'm not sure about the other two yet, but um, right now I think the five and the nine are looking really good again. You know, we saw it again last year a lot. You know, they finished one, two, whether it was Elliott or Larson winning. So, uh, you know, you've seen it, and uh, I just only expect it to continue.
2: Well, Kyle, uh, you know, if if you was from Georgia and you didn't attend this weekend's race, you missed the hometown sweep, Austin Hill winning and uh, Chase Elliott winning. And, you know, the siren was blaring again over in Dawsonville.
0: Oh, Rowdy, we had Corey Heim winning the truck pole also, another driver from Georgia. Yeah, that was pretty Bad luck in the truck, pole, pretty, but, uh, in the truck race, Bell. He broke.
2: Well, you know, that was pretty impressive. Corey's uh, grabbing a hole. Yeah, it was a, it was a Georgia weekend. Absolutely was there for him.
0: But, Kyle, we you know, got... I wouldn't. Go ahead. No, Rowdy, I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if Corey Heimans runs up front in the Pocono truck race here in a few weeks.
2: Me too, Kyle.
0: So we, we've
2: got Chase, uh, and let's let's just listen to Chase and the excitement in his voice.
8: All right. I don't think our race-winning driver needs any introduction, especially here in the great state of Georgia. But we've officially been joined by our race winner today for the Quaker State 400 at Atlanta, presented by Walmart, and we are now joined by Chase Elliott, driver of the number nine napa auto parts chevrolet for hendrick motorsports chase before we go to questions just your thoughts on winning at home winning in napa's backyard um obviously a lot of memories for you coming here with your dad and and i'm sure a lot of that went through your mind as you um, celebrated with the fans just before you went into victory lane but um just give us your thoughts on kind of the last you know 30 to 45 minutes here um on this sunday
7: yeah it's just been been a whirlwind uh, these are the moments you wish you could bottle up and just you know, kind of keep, um, and unfortunately it just doesn't work like that, but, you know, moments that um, are, are really special and near and dear to your heart, like when at your home track, uh, a place that I've spent, you know, a ton of time at uh, as a kid racing on a quarter mile down here, and Bandoleros, and Legends, and uh, a lot of trips between here and North Georgia, um, up and down the road, and, and just, uh, you know, kind of you know, when you're a kid and you're racing on the quarter mile over there, you just you look at this big track and it's like just you know out of reach you know like not even real um just that that your heroes are out there competing you know once or twice a year on on this big track and like that's just you know not real um so to be here and and to you know have have a day like we had is is really incredible um and and certainly one I'm gonna embrace and enjoy uh a lot. You know, and, and um, obviously be ready to go to Loudon here in a few days. But th- these wins are just too hard to too hard to come by, and especially when they're when they're as special as this one. You know, I've I've uh, I've witnessed guys win at their home tracks, and you can always tell it means a lot to them. Uh, but until you start competing somewhere um, at a sports highest stage like this, uh, I'm not sure you fully understand. You know, the the meaning of it and what what it could mean to you. Um, So to be able to to have this moment um, is really special and and one I'm very grateful
8: for. All right. We're going to go to questions now for Chase. If you have a question, raise your hand. I'm going to do my best to get to as many as I can. Um, We're going to start up front with Jeff. Go ahead, Jeff.
5: Seems like a lot of respect between you and LaJoy, like you both kind of understood where the other was coming from. So I guess a couple of things. Did you anticipate that he was going to, you know, really send it on the last lap and try to do something kind of dramatic? And then what was your, you know, approach of thinking, okay, how do I defend against that or or what do I do here?
7: I mean, yeah, of course. I certainly expected that, you know, and and, uh, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You know, I mean, we're going for the win. You know, for me in my situation, you know, I hate to throw a mega block like that. I had kind of shied away from that big block um, throughout the day. It always kind of given in you know, at different points to a guy when they had that big of a run. Um, but, I mean, heck, run the last lap. Like, you know, if you let him go, you know, one of two things can happen. Okay, you know, you, you choose the lane you want to lose in, and you, you hope that you have enough time to go and get him back. Um, or, you know, you throw a big block and hope you can stay in front of him. Problem is... You know, it can go one of two ways for you can, obviously you can crash. They're throwing the big block. Uh, or you can try to be patient and wait and then a crash happens behind you and you've given up the lead and caution comes out and now the race is over. Um, so there, there, I don't know how you, I don't know how you know exactly what choice to make in that situation. I mean, a guy's coming with a massive run. Like, you know, am I taking a chance of crashing when I, you know, threw it up in front of him? Absolutely. You know, but I just felt like I didn't, I didn't think I was going to get another shot at him if, I let him if I let him grab the lead right there in that situation. And, you know, I, I was able to defend the bottom side block, and I felt more comfortable defending more aggressively up to the top. Uh, I thought that was a situation that I could win on. So uh, fortunately it worked out. But those situations are impossible. I mean, I, you know, they might go right for you some, and they might not. And I don't really know how you know what's going to happen next to be able to make that choice.
8: All right, I can get a microphone up front, and then we'll make our way there to the back and kind of just make a loop. Go ahead.
7: Hey, Chase, Raphael Haynes from the
6: three-point conversion. I saw you earlier um, for the race and the way you were interacting with everybody. You looked very confident. And Jeff said the same thing just a few minutes ago.
2: Was it being here in Atlanta, or what was it? Um,
7: yeah, I, I really don't know. I mean, we, had, we hadn't even we hadn't had a chance to be in the car all weekend, so I really didn't know how we would stack up um but yeah just excited to be you know close to home and um you know excited for another opportunity here is always really cool and we haven't you know up until today we'd never really had a great run here we've been really solid I think once like in 2017 and outside that it's been pretty mediocre um so yeah I was just excited for another opportunity and, and felt like we were uh you know in a good place as a as a team and as a group to go out there and execute a good day and um fired off and our car was was really really good and uh yeah things went our way and was able to sleep the weekend.
8: Okay. Go ahead.
7: Chase, congratulations. Blake Smith, WLME Owensboro. Talk about, you said in
6: victory lane, you said this is the best car I've ever had at a super speedway. What was different about this car? What did you feel, and
7: what did it give you that you needed? Um, I really don't know what was different uh, about it. <laughs> I, Alan and I were joking. He was like, I don't know what we did to that thing, you know, but it was obviously really good. And, um, you know, whatever <coughs> you know, whatever fine-tuning that went on throughout the week obviously was, was made the difference for us you know um, yeah it was just really solid I we've had a couple cars at speedways that have been that good I mean I can remember having a having one or two like that at Daytona that I thought we had the superior car that day and uh, I think I crashed both of them so you know that's <laughs> that's typically what happened so when we had that when I realized our car was that good I was like oh boy you know and then especially when you know our first two stages go good typically when we have two good stages we or wadded up in the fence for the last one, so um, yeah, I was just kind of waiting on something, something bad to go to go wrong. But uh, yeah, fortunately, it you know worked out for us today, and and we were able to you know get it done. And you're the second father-son duo to win an Atlanta course, Dale Earnhardt and Dale Jr. What does that
6: mean to you to be in the record books along with your dad here at your home track?
7: Yeah, look, the, those those type things are are more than special. I mean, you know, I, I uh, I'm not sure that my dreams really grasped something like that when I was a kid and wanted to be here. I wanted to be here and I wanted to make it and I wanted to be successful, um, but I'm not sure I got far enough into it to start thinking about, you know, joining dad on, on lists, like, you know, sharing a championship and sharing wins at our home track. I mean, those type things are, um, yeah, they're they're, uh, something that me sitting here telling you it's special I don't I think it's probably doing a disservice it's uh, something to be very proud of and uh, something I'm you know I'm very proud of and, and I think he is too
8: all right we're gonna go to our left and then I'm gonna go to Doug next and we'll we'll keep coming around so hang with me go ahead
5: Chase hey, Jonathan Simmons from uh, Real Talk Sports and WIGO 1570 right here in Clayton County I know you talked about being surreal it's actually kind of surreal for me because I work for a dealership where we actually have one of your dad's cars sitting in the showroom over at Allen Visual. so uh, oh, nice. But this seems like the whole theme has been this whole family affair. How important was it to have your family kind of be around you as you grew as a racer? And number two, uh, at what point did you begin to think as a child, hey, how cool it would it be for me to win here on this track and could I do it?
7: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, when you're racing out here on the quarter mile, obviously you want to make it. Like, you want to race on the big track. I mean, that was obviously the, the goal. And that, that's, I think, what's always in the back of your mind. Um, you know, if you have the a lot, of, a lot of stuff has to go your right you know, or, or go your way to to get here and to have an opportunity. So, um, yeah, I think for me, you know, I I felt like we were capable of winning uh, here. You know, I, I think we've been capable here in the past, and you know, one thing led to another and didn't go our way. Um, but the way this this place is now, I mean, it really is a speedway race, and I think everybody in this room has watched enough speedway races to know that can pretty much go anybody's direction. Um, so we were just the fortunate ones to have it swing swing our way today.
8: Okay, Doug, go ahead. Thank you,
7: man. Doug Turnbull for WSB Radio and from PRN.
0: I, I wanted to ask uh, about once you got back in traffic, the cars seemed like they really handled poorly. I mean, for, for a lot of people, complained about it. How how much? I mean, I know horsepower and aerodynamics are important, but how much was handling coming into play as far as you being able to make moves like the three-wide one at the end or the couple of other times you retook the lead?
7: Yeah, I just felt like our car just had a had a good balance of, of pace and, and drivability, and then that's always something you want to marry together at these things. Um, and it's always a bit of a guess, you know, like uh, track conditions, uh, how hot it is that day. Um, you know, track position, wh- where you are on track, how, how fresh the air is that's hitting your car. I mean, all those things are factored into it, um, and it's a bit of a guess. Nobody has a magic ball when they're putting these cars together to know, hey, it's going to be 85 degrees and sunny, you know, on Sunday afternoon, we're going to build our car this way, and we're going to be successful because of that. Like, it just doesn't work that way. So, you know, the way that, the way that our car was configured suited the conditions today. Uh, The temperature, the sun being on the track for the majority of the event, um, and and had a nice balance from being out front and having enough pace to pull a line, but also being able to drive well enough back in traffic to to make moves and and open up opportunities and stay on offense. All
8: right, we're going to go over here to the left and then we'll come to the middle here. Go
6: ahead. Uh, Yes, Alfred Romero, uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Uh, Chase, we know that you're a Georgia boy through and through, Braves fan, UGA fan. watching the race and seeing the crowd reaction every time you took a lead and they were just up on their feet cheering on. Let me ask you, those last few laps when you're kind of under caution and you see the fans just in their, you know, I don't know if you even noticed them up on their feet cheering you, and then when you got the checkered flag and you saw the reaction of the crowd, tell me about that because I know you're a Georgia boy through and through, and all these people who are from the state of Georgia love you representing the state. So tell me about your thoughts on the reaction of the crowd when you got that checkered flag and came out of your car.
7: Yeah, I mean, I think for me it's, um, I, I'm you know, as far as, I'm just proud to be from here uh proud to still live here and and uh i'm grateful that the fans of, of this state have always kind of kept me a part of the family really and, and uh, at the end of the day i'm just a fan too as it pertains to atlanta and, and georgia um you know and and uh i have always felt like they've kind of welcomed me as, as one of theirs and, and our team too so you know it's uh it's a special thing and to be able to share that moment you know i, I saw a lot of a lot of people before the race you know wearing wearing our hat and our shirts and stuff and um, you know you always want to make those people proud but when you have it go our way like it did today um, that was that was pretty cool so you know they're uh, they're making a lot of noise there after the race which it's kind of hard for me to see you know what's going on there during the race um, but certainly after they they weren't shy and, and I loved it all right
8: we're gonna take final two questions we're gonna go to the over here to the, yep, go ahead. You're fine, where you were. Yep, and then we'll end in the, to the right. Go
6: ahead. All righty, Rio White with the uh, Dawson County News. Uh, one of the great advantages, I think, of the Atlanta race is that the pool room gets its fair bit of coverage. And uh, today I, I noticed that every time they cut back to the correspondent who was up in the pool room and as the race got more dramatic and you were still up front, they got more and more excited as intense uh, as, as the race went along. What does it mean to you to have that strong of a devoted fan base, not only in Dawsonville with its church history, but just the breadth of the fan base itself.
7: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, look, the, the tradition there at the pool room and, and the siren and, and, and all that stuff I think is really cool. And, and you know, anytime you can carry on a tradition that, that your father had going on and, uh, from his hometown and uh, for them to s- still do that for me I think is really neat. So uh, I didn't realize they were, they were taking a crew up there, you know, until earlier today. Um, so that, that's pretty cool. I mean, obviously, great timing. I don't know who decided that, but that worked out good. And um, you know, that they, they're, you know, the, the Perkle family are just good people, you know, and and uh, huge race fans, and you know, genuinely enjoy seeing us have success on the weekends wherever we go. Uh, ultimately, and um, you know, happy to share a hometown with them, and, and happy that they uh, that they, they have always included me and in, in the excitement of uh, of you know what they enjoy.
8: All right, we're gonna take one final question
7: Tom Joseph Griffin Daily News Chase just again just talk about the uh, over here oh there you go um, howdy <coughs> talk about that emotion I mean no matter where you go when you win you're gonna have the biggest crowd but this was the home crowd when you got out was there any different emotion getting out of that car and embracing the home fans yeah for sure I mean just uh, you know, I mean, I, I I felt like there before the race there was definitely a a larger uh, quantity of of the right hats and t-shirts than than there typically are, um, you know. And I th- I just think that's so cool. You know, like I know that our sports a little different. It's not like we have home games and away games, right? You know, there's there's 35 guys to pick from, and and if you choose us, great. And if you don't, like that's fine with me too. Um, just make some kind of noise. It just means you care. So. You know, but to see that many people uh, up there and and cheering and you know wearing the nine hats and seeing the napa gear like you know you want to make you want to make those people proud and um, you know for me I just uh, like I alluded to a second ago I'm just grateful that uh, the fans of this state have included me and in part of the family of, of Georgia sports um, and uh, and kind of accepted our team as that and and I'm proud of that and glad we could do them good today
8: all right, Chase, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Congratulations appreciate again it. on that win, and I'm sure you sold a T-shirt or two yeah, maybe. Um, this weekend as well. Thanks. So we wish you the best of luck next weekend in New Hampshire as well.
7: Cool. Thank you, guys.
2: So not much time to celebrate. Let's go on to the New Hampshire because the season's not over, Kyle.
0: That's right, Rowdy. Uh, Loudon's coming up. I've been there before, flat track, kind of like a big race for the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour. And uh, yeah, big weekend coming up, NASCAR Xfinity Series. Uh, William Byron doing double duty this weekend for uh, junior motorsports and also uh, running the cup car. So uh, yeah, Loudon and then we go to Pocono and uh, getting ready for that one. Uh, Kind of doing a lot of planning. Uh, You know, we're trying to figure out our schedule and uh, where we'll be at.
2: Well, Kyle, what you got to close us out tonight, my man?
0: Well, Rowdy, uh, you know, I'll be at the, the, hopefully, the Super Dirt Car Series race at Big Diamond Speedway Tuesday night, Minersville, Pennsylvania, right off I-81. Hope to make that their first time there since 2009. And uh, Thursday night we'll have Ken Bruce from Big Diamond Speedway and Dirt Track Digest calling in to talk about it. Uh, There's a rain date of Wednesday. Uh, Hopefully that won't have, have to be used. But uh, hopefully uh you know, we have a good day tomorrow. Um good race tomorrow night. Not sure who everybody who's showing up no Max McLaughlin's gonna be there. A few other guys as well. So uh yeah. Uh, you'll probably have Alex Yankowski showing up. You know, you'll have the big guns come into town. So uh seventy five hundred a win, seventy five lap feature at the three eighth mile in Minersville, Pennsylvania. So uh, looking forward to that. And then after that I'll be the last race until uh you come rowdy. Um, you know, the general tire delivers two hundred, it'll be our next race. Uh, That's uh, live at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on uh, Friday, July 22nd on FS1 and also live radio on MRN. So, uh, looking forward to that, Rowdy. Um, Do look it up. Sunset is 8.28 p.m., so just keep that in mind. Um, So, it might be a a night victory lane. We don't know yet, but we'll see how the ARCA race turns out. And, uh, again, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Tune in, and uh, we'll be there to cover it. Hey Kyle,
2: it wouldn't be my first night race. I actually had a night race at uh, Talladega, so uh, I know what that's all about. Two of them, matter of fact, right there under the sun. Kyle, I'm just getting ready for uh, Pocono and there, all the races are surrounding that, leading up and back from there. So, uh, Kyle, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, out of the houseboat business. It's something I didn't think I was going to get out of, but hey, I'm out of it. Go change lakes, Kyle. I'm going to a different lake. We got to get you down here for a couple of weeks. Not this summer, maybe next summer, Kyle. Hopefully, you 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 said something key while ago about maybe we could sit both to meet down at homestead, pick
0: you up at the airport,
2: Orlando, nice whatever. Routing.
0: We might. We already. Oh, we, get to, see, about we that. get to see, and we get to see, hey, and we get to see practice and qualifying in Pokemon for the Arkham and Art series. So don't forget about that.
2: Man, that'd be like we're back in a time machine, Kyle. Looking forward. All right, everyone. Hey, it's a Thursday night, and we're gonna talk big diamonds, Kyle, on Thursday night.
8: Tonight.